It's Over the Hump with Trails to Ales, where we bring you a bike thing, and a beer thing, and it's the thing to get you over the hump and into the weekend. What do you think? Let's talk about both bikes and beer. Right, bikes and beer? Bikes, bikes and, and beer. beer. Over the Hump with Trails to Ales. Welcome to episode 132 of Over the Hump with Trails to Ales. I'm Ken, and he is not here. Kevin couldn't make it because of a work commitment that came up at the last minute. And we just had stuff we wanted to share. So Kevin said for me to go on with the show. So here I am bringing you a what order? Well, why don't we do, we'll, we'll do a beer thing, then a bike thing, because today has been big in the um, beer news world. This is hump day that I'm coming to you on and on this hump day, the world got this bit of news. This was on Twitter. We're taking a big step forward towards continued growth and greater positive impact by announcing a sale agreement that will see us join forces with New Belgium. Who was that? That was Bell's Brewing out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Founded in 1985, that's the brewery that employs around 500 and some odd people. It's the 16th largest brewery in the United States, and they have agreed to be sold sort of to New Belgium, but kind of to um, the Australian partner, uh, Little Kings, uh, Lion, Lion, who owns Little Kings in Australia, who are owned by Kieran, the people who bought New Belgium. Belgium. Now, what's interesting about this is the way that different headlines have uh, played this. I know there was a press release. There were interviews with um, Larry Bell, the founder of the brewery. Like one headline says, Bell's Brewery being bought by Australian company that purchased new Belgium brewing in 2019. Another says, uh, Bell's Brewery is set to become the second major American craft brewing company to be acquired by Lion an Australian-based beverage company with a growing international portfolio. Another headline screams, Michigan's Bell Brewery acquired by New Belgium. And yet another, Bell's Brewing being sold to Australian brewer merge with New Belgium Brewing. So we know that Lion bought uh, the Fort Collins-based New Belgium Brewing in 2019. And of course, New Belgium has uh, a brewing operation in Denver, also has one in San Francisco, also has a major brewing operation in Asheville, North Carolina. And so, uh, you know, New Belgium has grown and then sold, so they're no longer employee-owned. Um, we had a whole episode on that, and it was a big loss to me as far as craft beer goes, because um, New Belgium is a big part of my story of becoming a craft beer lover. But um, this, I'm not sitting in judgment of Larry Bell and the sale. Larry is uh, 63 years old, and here's a quote from him. I had a couple health issues the last few years, and as you start getting into your 60s, you just have to start thinking about these sorts of things and how you're going to handle it. It's been on my mind a couple of years, and I think the key thing here has been we found somebody to join forces with that we really respect and like and feel confident in. And so once the sale closes, New Belgium um, CEO, who is uh, Steve Feichheimer, and he's a Michigan native, they like to stress because Bell's is a Michigan brewery. Um, he's been at New Belgium since 2017, and he's going to be the head of a combined company leadership team 
overseeing the two breweries. So Bell says that the decision came down to the fact that the folks at New Belgium share their commitment to craft brewing and the community first way they do business. So, you know, I think that that's honorable. And I understand, you know, I first heard about this from uh, Casey Brew Intel, who messaged me and said, hey, did you hear about Bells? And like, I hear everything from him first. Like, uh, okay, so I ran off to the web, find out what's going on, got the news. And, you know, my first reaction was, wow, wow, they're being sold. And here goes another large uh, craft brewer who would no longer qualify as officially a independent craft brewery as per the Brewers Association. But what's really interesting here is this is another mid-sized, like large among the independent craft brewers, but mid-sized breweries, small compared to the mega megas uh, that is now um, sold. And you kind of got the feel from, and you've heard us talk about this on other episodes, you know, the, the, the industry is tough. I mean, your favorite local brewery seems like they're killing it locally, but if you ask them and they're trying to get to be a regional size brewer or national, it's really hard because of the rules in place. And so it's not surprising to see someone who got to the size of Bell's in the old world and then is now competing not only against the mega megas, but the hyper locals. I mean, you think about Hop Slim. That used to be like one of the beers you always looked out for, for these huge hoppy beers. But you don't have to count on Bells to deliver that to you anymore. If you live like where we do in Virginia, or if you live in Oregon, or if you live in Texas or anywhere else, because there's 8,000 breweries in the U.S., you know, or more, close to 9,000. So it, that's a tough market to compete in. And there's only so much room on the grocery store shelf. And so then if you're not selling through the grocery store shelf and you're trying to get into the bottle shops, well, the bottle shops aren't huge either. And they're going to be bringing in Belgian beers, German beers, uh, local beers, things that are hard to find. It, it's a lot. It's a tough market. So you go, well, how do you compete in that? Well, you're going to have to advertise and it's going to cost money. And if you're midsize, you do not have Budweiser money. You don't have Coors money. You've got to find it somewhere. So I think we're going to see more and more stories like this. But um, I've always enjoyed Two Hearted. Enjoy Oberon. Um, our Trails to Ales event uh, that we held in D.C. at Dixie Liquor. That was a fun time. The, the people from the distributors were fantastic. All the Bells beer was fantastic. And, you know, I hope that like New Belgium, we don't see any real change in their company culture their beer anytime soon. Although I'll admit that, you know, I don't look for new Belgian beers anymore. Um, you know, there I've, uh, I've moved on to the, you know, other independents. So that's just me. That's a long story. I'm not going to go there, but what were the folks at Bell's up against in this marketplace? So, you know, like what would drive them? He's, you know, Larry Bell said he's been thinking about it for a couple of years and we know he had an illness, but there's also the, the business realities. In addition to COVID, which forced them to close down a tap room for a long time. Um, I found this great article in The Guardian online and you know, this, they talk about just what's happening in the U.S. 
uh, beer industry and the beer market and what it takes to compete in this market. So um, it's a great article. It's very long and I could go into it more in another episode just for this one, just to tie into what might have driven Bells to do this. And remember, Dogfish joined up with uh, Boston Beer Company, you know, and Sam Adams for this same sort of reason, right? Dogfish is a huge among us beer fans, but how many people go to the grocery store and find the, you know, three feet of shelf space that Dogfish Head might have held? You know, um, you got to have advertising, you got to have stores, you got to have uh, things like they opened up the the bar in Miami, right, to sell their stuff. They have restaurants. That takes money. That you, It's hard to find that money as an independent brewer. So back to this Guardian article. Here's what they said. Consolidation within the distribution industry arguably is having an even greater effect on beer drinking in the United States. The country has far more breweries than ever before. 8,800 up from 1,800 in 2010, a stunning five-fold increase in just over a decade. But most craft beer is limited to the region where it's brewed. Just four firms dominate close to 80% of the market for beer sold in grocery stores in the United States. And this was done through an investigation by The Guardian and uh, Food and Water Watch, which just came out in July 2021. So based on analysis of sales data, Anheuser-Busch holds 41% of the market, Molson Coors at 24%, Constellation Brands at 8.9%, and Heineken at 3.8%. So all this, it's beer, just beer, independent versus not independent. Is it officially craft? You know, who cares? Why should we care? I just, I think in some, I think we should care. I mean, but we're getting hyper-regionalized and you want your local brewery to succeed. But you just, I think it's, we should care in the fact that we understand the marketplace and we know whether or not it's fair. If we believe in a fair market, when you have giant firms controlling access to the marketplace and making it hard to compete, you have to ask your question, okay, if I don't want to see this handled through legislation, then it has to be handled through consumption, consumer behavior. So me personally, I'm taking my dollars to my independent craft brewers. You can decide what makes sense for you. But I thought I'd conclude this discussion on, uh, you know, related to the Bell sale uh, from with looking at what an associate professor at Michigan State University uh, who studies agricultural food and resource economics uh, has to say about this. His name is Trey Malone, and he says the explosion in American breweries hides the fact that beer consumption is declining. So beer consumption overall is declining, but the number of breweries is still increasing. So he thinks craft beer over time will become synonymous with hyper-localism. Most of those small breweries are basically bars that make their own beer, and it's like we're going back to the 1800s. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's not saying it's a bad thing. So those hyper-local brewers aren't going to be able to expect to grow much, right? They're going to stay local. And um, the professor, Trey Malone, says it's extremely difficult at this point to start the next New Belgium or Sierra Nevada. But you know what? It's also hard to become the next Pizza Hut, you know, or or Five Guys, right? When, when Five Guys started, 
and uh, people said, oh, hamburgers, that's new, not, right? And they became huge. So it's like, if you don't compete, you can't win. But I just wanted to explain what this marketplace is like, what these brewers are going through, and why a well-known brewery, well-known to us, the beer fans, like Bell's, would sell. And that is my beer thing. All right, let's talk about a bike thing. The time has come. We had a whole year where we didn't get to do this, which was a total bummer. But Slope Durocross Challenge number two is getting, it's getting going right now. We've got the Ninja Timer. We've got all the athletes here who are in town for Proving Grounds, which starts tomorrow. And the chorus is dialed. It's bucked. Slope Durocross Challenge. If you haven't seen that first video, it's a race. You start your time here. You do the whole lap. You trick the jump. You get your points. You get some time taken off, depending on how good of a trick you did. And then you descend the sketchiest chute in my neighborhood. Who was that? If you recognize the voice, it might be because you watch Red Bull Rampage, which is an amazing uh, event, a mountain biking event held in uh, St. George, Utah, where essentially guys jump off mountains on their bikes. Uh, you know, it's a little more finesse than that, but it's, it's absolutely amazing what these guys do. They, they go out and they dig for days to set up their own courses, and then they uh, compete over two rounds judged rounds doing tricks coming down the, the side of a mountain. It's just amazing if you haven't seen it, seen Red Bull Rampage. But if you had, you know that one of the hosts is Cam McCall. And that voice you heard was Cam McCall. And he is in a video that you can find on YouTube. Uh, you can look it up by finding his name. Or you can look for a video called Slope Duro Cross, one word, Slope Duro Cross Challenge 2021. And that is, as Cam described, a backyard mountain bike race. And the reason I'm bringing it to your attention is because there is a flood of mountain bike video on YouTube, as you know. And there are lots of excellent presenters, excellent channels to watch mountain biking. This stands out as unique to me because we have some pro, some neighborhood guys these riders getting together in Cam McCall's backyard to ride the craziest course, you know, out of his backyard, up a hill, uh, through a zone where they've set up a janky skinny made from like uh, cinder blocks and planks with beer cans on them, where people are there to heckle you, throw dirt, shoot you in the face with a water, uh, with a hose and absolutely try to wreck you in so many different ways. Then you head up a hill, ride around, have to do a trick on, on a jump, and then ride down a ridiculous um, hill in, back into Cam McCall's backyard. I can't quite do it justice with words. You need to see this video, Slope Duro Cross 2021. And another reason I love it is just seeing these guys, like when you watch them at Red Bull Rampage or you watch them in other competition, you know that they're taking it seriously. They're working hard. You can see there's camaraderie between them. But seeing them in this backyard thing, it's just they're having a great time. There's fun. There's beer, Sierra Nevada. Um, it's, uh, it's a great bike and beer combination. But also just to see these guys just love mountain biking so much that they're doing this for fun before they're getting ready to compete 
again. So give it a shot. Give it a look. Slope Duro Cross 2021. Definitely worth your attention. Uh, it's about 18 minutes long. And it's just tons of fun. I'll play you a little more sound from it. It you, just to get you interested. Kick a line! <laughs> Dude. Oh, he's starting strong. He's already on the dad bike, so he gets the reduction. They booed me so hard for because I ran across the sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they booed me so hard. I saw it was like a cyclocross move. I was like, I gotta make, I gotta make it on. He already gets two seconds off for riding the dad bike with the kid and ride shotgun. Then, then no, he did do the skinny. He was just smarter than everyone. He was getting himself extra points for doing nakey flips. So they even give awards at the end. You gotta check it out. They give they give awards with plungers and stuff. It's it's just it's tons of fun. Give it a look. Slope Duro Cross Challenge 2021. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Over the Hump with Trails to Ales. You heard me talk about the sale of Michigan's Bells Brewing to the company that bought Colorado's New Belgium Brewing, which is uh, Lion, which is owned by Kieran. We'll see what happens. Uh, Go buy your Bells now if you want to make sure you're getting today's recipes the way you want them. If you're concerned about how quality might change. Otherwise, let's keep an eye on this and see what else happens in the industry in the coming year or so as the mid-sized breweries look for ways to compete in the marketplace. And also, we discussed the amazingly funny and fun and also pretty darn sick when you see some of the tricks these guys are doing um, in the conditions they're doing them in. The video, Slope Duro Cross Challenge 2021. Uh, on uh, K. McCall's channel on YouTube. Uh, Great backdoor race event you got to see to believe. And when you're not doing those things, remember to ride fast. Over the hump. Over the hump. And drink slow. Over the hump with Trails Tales. Get up here. (laughs) Wow. I was on the ground more than I was on my bike. Thank you. Oh. Cheers! Well, there are like five or six reasons I'm so dirty. Where do I start? You are a slow girl 